for joining us this morning. It's exciting to see a lot of a lot of uh, visitors, families, and friends here for the baptism. Thanks for joining us, and um, for everyone else who's, who's been here as part of the church family. It's good to see you again too. I feel like I was on a long journey or something myself. So we're back from family family trip of the summer. I think we got ours in on the front side of the summer this year. And so if you get close to me at all, you might notice that my skin is just kind of falling right off here. So um, if you want to pitch in at all and kind of help me out, feel free to. I, uh, we got a major. We we pulled the you know it's like famous last words. You know, there's a lot of different famous last words, but one of them has got to be, oh, it's cloudy today on the beach. Um, and next thing you know, you're fried to smithereens. So my family experienced that. We, we went to the beach. It was cloudy out on San Diego there, and uh, we thought, you know, let's get our sun in. We don't want to go back from San Diego with light colored skin still. And uh, so we we came and man, we sat all day in the sun, and we just turned pretty much purple, I think. And so I'm. Still peeling. I'm going to be peeling for a while here. We had a made it a family uh, affair the other day, and we're waking up in the morning. Our kids sometimes come up and jump in bed, and we watch the news together or something. And Rory, my daughter, was looking at my feet, and she's like, "Dad, you're really peeling." And she's kind of like, "Cool." And so she kind of got to my feet and started helping me peel. Got these little fingers and stuff. That's good. But anyways, all right. Sorry, we'll get back on the subject. Something a little more encouraging here, but it's good to be back. We did miss everyone. We saw a lot of family and friends along the way. Celebrated my dad's 60th birthday. Kind of had a little mini family reunion there. And uh, one of my brothers graduated college. And so, but it is wonderful to be back and see um, our family here. So, anyway, let's see. To get started, um, we are going to. We have our memory verse. We're not going to practice this this morning. Um, we, we've got plenty to do here with baptisms and stuff, but I encourage you to make sure you're keeping pace with uh, your memory verses, and you might just grill, uh, you know, grill your roommates or your neighbors or something here when you leave, make sure they have their memory verses still going, um, and then what else do we have here? We're going to be looking at, this morning as we do baptisms, we're going to kind of frame it as we've been uh, going through the book of Acts together, and there's, I think, a real appropriate section that kind of just leads us right into baptism, so we're going to look at a few points together on Acts chapter 16. Then we're going to invite those people up that are getting baptized just to share a little of their story. And then we're going to pack up and head out on the patio there and, and get them underwater. So, um, but anyways, if you guys would, uh, just join me. We're going to pray together real quick here. And we'll jump into Acts chapter 16. And someone have a page number on that we can yell out? 1096, is that right? 1096. So, um, uh, you want to get there by the time we're done praying? That's great. Well, Heavenly Father, we we thank you for bringing us together this morning. We just thank you for the opportunity to worship you together. Well, it's exciting just to know that there's family and friends from um, you know many different locations coming together here, and we could still worship you with one heart and one mind. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that we share a common mission that you've given to all your disciples. I pray this morning you would uh, remind us of, of the mission and, and how to effectively carry that out, just through what we read in the examples of the apostles here um, this morning. pray you to open our hearts and our minds to your word, to your spirit. Please teach each one of us today, Lord, we ask. Uh, we ask this in the gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, so we're looking at Acts uh, 16 here. And 
since it's a long chapter, we are not going to do it all. So um, hopefully that will put you at ease just from the start here. There's 40 verses. We're probably going to do the first three uh, little passages with a, kind of a point out of each one of those passages there. Um, but for starters, I just want to kind of step back a little bit and remind us of what happened when we even started this series of Acts. We did a series right before studying the book of Acts. It was kind of the the finale of of Jesus' ministry. Before he ascended into heaven, he commissioned his disciples very clearly. We did a series where we talked about um, the mission, which is reaching the world. The the message, which was the good news about Jesus. The, The method was reaching the world through multiplying disciples, if you remember. And then finally the means was Jesus left his very spirit to empower us to accomplish this mission and then we jumped right into the book of Acts and we've been uh, cruising along with that uh, ever since and so um, I just want to remind us here that one of the verses you know it's, it's kind of a hallmark verse um, in our association of churches but it's, it's uh, Matthew 28 um, 19 and 20 and it's one that we're going to talk a little about today we're going to really live it out by um, these disciples getting baptized today and Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And today we're going to look at, from Acts 16, we're just going to pull out a few points that I think can help us uh, each grow in being disciples of, of Jesus Christ and, and help us in our faith. Maybe you're still trying to figure out if you want to follow Him or not. But these points, these same ones, I think can encourage us in our faith, but in also how to more effectively follow Christ together. So um, we'll start reading here. Get my Bible open to that page. And what we're going to do is just read one passage at a time, pull out the kind of a thought God's put on my heart for uh, for this morning and then we'll go on to the next passage and we'll finish with um, the passage uh, starting in verse 11 and talk about baptism so um, we'll just read this first section here uh, Brad as he set the stage from last week talked about how um, well one of the things I think he might have finished with here at the end of chapter 15 is just how Paul and Barnabas came to a, a sharp disagreement and uh, you know I got the cliff notes on Brad's teaching it sounded like Brad might have just reproof Paul and Barnabas for not staying united or something I don't know is that true or not? that's good very appropriate but it's easy to tell those guys um, but uh, you know I think that uh, you can make a strong case for yeah why did they do that you know but again we remember that the book of Acts is more a description of what happens not a prescription on how things should play out in a lot of cases but it describes what happened and some things uh, God might have said well if we could do that over I'd probably have you do something different but this is what happened. This is the history. Um, and so, but Paul goes on on the mission, and he goes on with Silas, and they continue in you know, one of, another one of Paul's missionary journeys here. And we'll pick up here at 16.1. He came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, and whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. 
And one of the things that I want to draw out about this passage, there's so many, you could probably do the whole teaching just on this one passage here. Um, but Paul, he heads out with Silas. They show up in Derby and then Lystra. Um, and then they meet this guy, Timothy. And some of you know about Timothy. Timothy became um, a prominent figure in the New Testament. We know the, book, the letter of the first and second Timothy were written to him as, um, as God used him greatly uh, in making disciples and shepherding them in churches. And this is where Paul meets Timothy. A few things to note here is um, the city of Lystra. What else happened in this city? Anyone remember from maybe Acts, Acts 14 without looking? If anyone flips pages, we're going to call you out on that, but what happened in this city in the past with Paul? Anyone? Anyone? He got stoned there. And not what you're thinking. No, he, that's where the city where he was he was preaching at and uh, he uh, yeah, that's, sometimes I think someone could make a t-shirt out of that. I got stoned in, in Lystra, but um, Paul did. He got stoned. He got persecuted. And that's what Jeff talked about. He got stoned. They thought he was dead. They left him. He got right back up. He rushed right back into that city. And then eventually on his travels, where did he come back again? That same little city. You know, and if I'm Paul, I'm going, they threw rocks at me here last time. Let's just leave that little place alone and God will send someone else there. But he went right back to the city where he got stoned before. And uh, I just think that, you know, there's a point in that, I'm sure, but that Paul was not afraid to go into a place where he was persecuted. And his motivation was because he loved the believers who were there, because he loved God and wanted to obey and take the gospel there. But Paul was not afraid to go back there. And when he went back there, he finds this guy, Timothy. And I really love this phrase here that says, Paul wanted him, wanted to take him on the journey. He wanted to take him along on the journey. And really, um, when it comes to being a disciple, Jesus said, hey, you, you call yourself a disciple? Go make disciples. Go take people on the journey that you're on of following Christ. And, and really, the first point we have is, is kind of a question. Who are you taking along on the journey right now? We're all called to make disciples. If you say you're a disciple of Jesus, He said, hey, you, go make some disciples in all the nations and baptize them. But there's a question, you know, I had to all this phrase. Um, who are you taking along on the journey? And, and I hope you have an answer for that. And if you don't, I encourage you, get an answer for that. Uh, pray that God would help you with that. And I think some of you might know that, uh, the name Dawson Trotman. And he, he's a famous discipler. He started the um, Navigators organizations worldwide in, in making disciples of Jesus Christ. And he was very into multiplying your life. And um, one of his uh, well-known te- teachings that's recorded is called uh, Born to Reproduce. He asks the question of young men and young women. And he just says, where is your man? Where is your woman? Where is your guy that you're taking along the journey? Where is your woman? Women, where is your woman that you're taking along the journey? And if you don't have an answer to that, you should get one. And you should pray that God gives you one. And I know he goes on to say, 
you know, that just to pray. I think he might mention the prayer of uh, just even ask God if you think you're a disciple and you had a heart for following Jesus, ask God to give you someone a lot like yourself who you can help along the journey. You know, Timothy was in this town. He's just a disciple. Um, some believe that last time Paul was in the town, Timothy got saved because of Paul's sharing the gospel there. And he comes back around and he finds Timothy in that town still and he says, Hey, why don't you come with me? We're on the adventure of, of a lifetime. Why don't you join in? And he called Timothy into that. And um, I just want to ask you, who are you calling into that journey? And, and pray that God would help you. Now, the other side of it is maybe you feel like I'm still trying to figure out my faith. I'm still trying to, to get rolling here. Um, well, the flip side of it is, you, who, are you, who are you having help you in this journey? Maybe you feel like you need help. You need someone to help strengthen your faith, tackle a few questions. Who are you having help you in the journey? It's not just about, you know, follow Paul as he goes wherever he wants. Um, Paul was helping Timothy's faith grow. Timothy could have said, no, you know, uh, you're crazy. They throw rocks at you. They try to kill you. I don't want to go with you. I like my hometown real well. You know, I'm going to stick here. But he went along. He wanted to grow. He wanted to follow Christ. And it, it ended up being a crazy adventure for him as well. And as you're trying to figure out who to take, along with you. I want to ask you this question. Maybe I'll give you a point here. Some of you might have heard this acronym before. If you haven't, please don't take offense. But the point that I want to give you is uh, when it comes to following Christ, I want to encourage you to be a fat disciple. Be a fat disciple. And I'm not talking slang like P-H-A-T. Be a fat disciple, man. Um, It's an acronym. Some of you might have heard the acronym before. What does it stand for? Faithful and teachable. Be a fat disciple. Someone who's faithful. Someone who's available. Someone who's, who's teachable. Sometimes to avoid, you know, telling everyone to be fat disciples, uh, I think about throwing an S in there. Uh, faithful, available, submitted, teachable disciple. I think submitted and teachable kind of go hand in hand. Most everyone thinks they're teachable though, don't we? Submitted kind of puts an extra, you know, I've submitted my life not only to the Lord, but to the people He's placed in my life. So be a fat disciple you don't want to be a fat one. Um, but, you know, just a few practicals on that. So um, it talks about Timothy. It said he was well spoken of, spoken of in this city. You know, it wasn't like Paul came to town and goes, hey, here's a schmuck. He's doing his own thing. He says he's a Christian, but man, uh, hey, you want to come with me? No, he found this guy who was well spoken of, who had some uh, qualities that Paul thought he could cultivate this guy. And, and he invited him to come with him. It wasn't an accident he chose Timothy. I'm sure there was a lot of other single guys there that he could have dragged along. But he chose Timothy because I believe he was, he was fat. He was faithful, available, and teachable. And are you? You know, are you faithful, available, and teachable right now? Um, sometimes I think, you know, faithful is, do you keep your word? Do you do what you say? When you say you're going to do something, do you follow through? When it comes to serving in your, in your church or serving other believers, other disciples, are you available? Or you got other things that are more important? Teachable. I think about teachable. Are you teachable? Um, and that's something we have to ask ourselves often. Today, are you a teachable disciple? Today, could someone give instruction into your life? Maybe back in college you were teachable. Maybe when you were first getting started you were teachable, but 
Um, but maybe things have changed. Maybe you've gotten to know a lot in your Christian life, and uh, you're maybe you're faithful and available, but might not be teachable anymore. And we just got to ask ourselves: Are we faithful, available, and teachable? There's a, a verse in Ecclesiastes. It's kind of convicting, but it says this. It says Ecclesiastes 4:13 says, "Better a poor but wise youth than an old foolish king who no longer knows how to take warning." Better a poor, wise youth than an old, a foolish king who no longer takes warning. Uh, one translation says, no longer takes instruction. Are you still taking instruction in your life? Are you still a teachable disciple? Uh, I encourage you to think about that because uh, if you want to be effective in following Christ, you're going to have to be teachable. It's an ongoing uh, being, being taught as, as we go here. Um, so anyways, and the other side of it too, you know, is that sometimes we go, okay, well, I could do that. God, give me someone who's faithful, available, and teachable. And we keep looking and go, well, they're faithful, not available. Eh, they're faithful, available, just not teachable. Huh? Boy, I just, God, just give me someone. Jeez, I wish someone would just follow my lap who's perfect, and then I'll disciple them. I'll help them become better or something, you know. That's, that's not how it works. A lot of times um, you have to help someone grow in that. We want these perfect people to show up, but if you remember your own life, I remember my life. When I showed up on the scene of church, a perfect person I was not. A faithful, available, teachable I was not. Um, but people loved me enough to help me grow in those things. And, and if you're looking for a guy to disciple, man, women, if you're looking for another woman to help grow and follow Christ, uh, maybe you should help cultivate that. There's a proverb that says, it's uh, Proverbs 27:18, but it says, He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. He who tends the fig tree will eat of its fruit. You want someone to be faithful, available, and teachable? Why don't you go help someone become that? Just like somebody probably helped you. Sometimes we want them to show up better than we showed up. And that, that lacks integrity. You know, that's kind of a little bit hypocritical. But we need to help people become faithful, available, and teachable. I remember a time back in Fort Collins when I was just going to church. And I had a friend that was helping me. He reached out to me. He helped me in my faith and, and starting to follow Christ. And um, I remember one time we were taking a walk at the mall in Fort Collins. The Foothills Fashion Mall. Do they still have that up there? You know, it's probably, it's probably as fashionable as it ever been, which, you know, it's questionable there. But anyways, we were, this guy was just taking time to invest in my life, taking interest in me, and help me out. And I, I, I said a lot of things and I didn't follow through on and I, my availability was, uh, you know, pretty much as available whenever I felt like I was available. And teachability, you know, that was off the charts in the wrong direction too. Um, but anyways, he was, he was trying to help me grow. And one time we were walking around the mall, just doing laps, walking and talking. And I don't know exact words, but we had a conversation with something like this. He, he told me, you know, Rich, we're um, in the church here. I'm with a group of, of people that we're, we're trying to change the world. We're trying to reach the world together. And we're looking, and he said, I'm looking for men who are faithful, available, and teachable to go reach the world together. Do you want in on that? Does that, does that resonate with you? And I was like, wow, reach the world together. I, I never thought that big before. I only thought about my world and, you know, what was going on in it. And, and you know, he kind of brought up along the way, you know, faithful, available, teachable. And, and I was like, well, faithful, you know, sure, I'm faithful. Uh, I thought so. Um, and teachable, you know, I'm, who doesn't think they're teachable, right? Um, but I just told him, you know, I'm just not available right now. I've got some other interests going on. I've got some other things. I'm trying to make money. I've got an HP, a software engineering job, which is good. But I need to make a few more, uh, you know, figures in my income here. And um, 
So I was looking into some other ventures. I had something that came first. And funny enough, Brad, uh, Brad found something when they were cleaning out this warehouse over there yesterday that uh, it relates a little to my world. Um, back then, I was not available because I was traveling a lot. I was looking into businesses. And I was trying, let's see, reaching for higher ground. The world of Amway. Amway business kit right here. I was in this crazy thing called Amway. Some of you, it might be before your time. But it has to do with, they started off initially with soaps and different products like that and you kind of sold those and you got, you know, the arch rival was Sam's Club and Walmart and instead of paying your Sam's membership, sign up with Amway and pay yourself, you know, and get other friends to do the same and three to five years, you two could be a millionaire, um, like, like me, yeah, uh, and uh, so, but I was doing this and I was traveling all over, I was going to seminars and this was the top thing on my list and so I just told my buddy, you know, sounds exciting, I'll show up to small group when I can and church when I can, but man, I'm just really not available right now. And so it's like, that's cool, you know, why don't you just let me know when you are? And so I kept doing my own thing, but inside me, I just had this sense, oh, you know, I'm doing my own thing, I'm making millions here, I'm really going to impact the world, yeah, that's, you know, and uh, eventually I just got a sense, God wanted me to come become available and to put some other things in, aside and start following Christ first. And, um, you know, you might go, Amway, I would never do that, I can't believe our pastor used to do Amway, okay, fine, but you might have something in your life you know maybe it's not called Amway maybe it'd be called something like my way and you know what it is in your life that you're going to just do things my way you know and it may have may have to do with money it may have to do with relations it may have to do with something else that is causing you not to be available um, but if you want to be a part of reaching the world for Christ you've got to be faithful available and teachable and eventually God changed that in my heart and there's some challenging circumstances he had to bring me through but uh I'm so glad that this guy was uh, helping me, cultivating that in my life so that I could help do that in others. And, and, and again, the point is, who are you taking along on the journey? And on the flip side, who are you having to help you on this journey of reaching the world for Christ? Um, the next thing we're going to look at here, the next paragraph, you guys will keep trucking with me here. Um, let's see. It's in, uh, oh, just that next little section here. Verse 6, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they, they tried to enter Bithynia, uh, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing up and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they're just trying to figure out, they're on this mission, they're trying to figure out where do we go next. And you know, I want to make just a quick point on this, is that... Um, it, to follow, to be a disciple of Jesus today, you've got to be a person who's led by His Spirit. You know, in some ways, I think the disciples had it a little easier back then. It was Jesus. I'm eating with Jesus. I'm talking to Jesus. Jesus goes up the street to um, Bethany. 
I follow Jesus, I go with Jesus, I talk to Jesus, there he is. You know, we follow him around and it seemed a little easier back then. He said some hard things, he's kind of like, follow me, we can step across this line and he'd go and, and some people might not follow him. But with us, we have it a little different, you know. We have, we follow Jesus by following his spirit here. You know, it calls the Holy Spirit at one point here, it just says the spirit of Jesus. And I just want to make sure we, we don't miss that. Sometimes I feel like there's two extremes we can find ourselves on when it comes to following Jesus. One is, um, it's kind of like, uh, the principles of Jesus. I follow the principles of Jesus. Jesus said, do this, I do this. Jesus said, don't do that, I don't do that. I'm a very principled person. Well, that's great. But, you know, Jesus could have called the disciples and he could have come up to Matthew and said, Matthew, come, follow these scrolls. Then I'll catch you in a few years, we'll see how you're doing. Just make sure you follow the scrolls that I gave you. Because that's what it's all about. You know, you got the book, now go do it. But Jesus said, come follow me. He's a person. He's alive today. We still follow a person. And he says, here's these teachings that he taught to live them out. But sometimes we can follow Christ. We can be disconnected. We just do things because they're logical. Because, well, he gave us a strategy. Reach locally, regionally, internationally. So, okay, now it's time to do the next thing. But there's a personal side of it where we can miss out on, on personally falling. And then that's the other side we can err on. Sometimes, you know, there's people that are like, well, so there's those principles and there's, you know, spirit-filled counsel and there's different things. But, boy, I just really feel like God called me to do this. And usually people like that are way, you know, it's quite a distance from what the scriptures say. And over here, God spoke to me to do this. It just happens to contradict like multiple verses in the Bible, contradicts anything leaders are telling me in my life or maybe my parents are telling me. It's just way out there. And I think we want to avoid both those extremes of like, well, God speaks to me and it's just my own little thing and you can't tell me what he said because it's me he talked to. And and then there's the other side of it where we go, I'm living by the book. It's all about the book. And Jesus said, hey, you Pharisees, you, you think you find life in the scriptures, but you missed me. So we want to have this balance. Um, a disciple uh, today is one who's led by the Spirit of Jesus. And we want to make sure we don't, we don't miss that. You know? So there are scriptures to help us. And there's a council of spirit-filled leaders in our lives. And there's other things like circumstances or God speaking personally to our hearts. But we just have to make sure we don't err on either one of those sides. And, you know, in this case, they, they, um, the Lord didn't want them to go and share over here. And He didn't want them to go share over there. And they're like, okay, where are we? we know we're supposed to share. And finally, God gives them a vision. And they go, oh, we're supposed to go here, which basically opened the door to sharing Christ in Europe right there is what God called them to um, and so anyways I just make sure we're not erring on just being a person of principle or just personally you have this relationship that is with some different God than, than the God who is described in the Bible the last thing we're going to look at from this before we do baptism is just this last verse here verse uh, 16.10 in that same chapter but, or passage and it just says this after Paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And you know the thing I want to, the point I want to make is just as you try to follow Christ, as you try to grow as a disciple, you've got to be teamed up with others to reach the world. You've got to be teamed up. That's the way Jesus designed it. We look at Paul's example. Even when he parted ways with Barnabas, could have been like, hey, I'm Paul the super apostle. Here I go. I'm doing my thing because I'm Paul. But what did Paul do? He took someone with him. He took Silas with him. And when Silas and Paul showed up in a city, well, they collected others. They grabbed Timothy and they headed off. And then 
But who shows up here in this passage? It says, verse 10, after he saw the vision, we got ready at once to leave. Who's we? Well, this is where Luke joins in. Everything before this, you see, it's kind of talking about Paul, and it says, he went there, he did this, they did this, they did this. And right here is a switch. It's kind of a changing of gears where Luke, the author of Acts, says, and we got ready to leave at once. Luke joined in right here. He joined the team. Paul was continually adding to his team. And, and something happens when you join the team. Your vocabulary changes. You go from talking about me and I or them and they. You start talking words like we and us. We are called to go preach the gospel over there. And um, this is just like God commanded us. And so I just want to ask you, have you joined a team somewhere? Are you teamed up with others? Because if you're not, you know what you'll find yourself doing? You'll find yourself being... Uh, in the bleachers somewhere, criticizing the people down playing on the court there. You know, sometimes church turns into like basketball. You know, it's like there's the guys playing and we're sitting up there in the stands and we're, come on, Carmelo, make a shot. You know, and if Carmelo was going to make a case, he'd say, yeah, I made more shots in my life than, than you have had heartbeats or something. I don't know. Um, but we can, we can do the same in church. We can be in the stands. We think it's a spectator sport. We just sit and we just kind of point out, hey, I can't believe you said that. What a dopey pass. After, um, or, you know, we can just do things to criticize others. But when you join the team, your vocabulary changes. You're not talking about they and them. You're talking about us. And, and we we need to grow in this. And this is something God's given us. And um, so I just want to ask you, are you are you on the team? You know, some of you are visiting from other churches. And uh, are you on their team? Are you on someone's team? The Christian life is designed to be a part of a team where you're working together, where it's an us and we're on this mission together. And my hope is that you would join the team, you'd be on the team. One of the great examples that I think of this, I like sports analogies. Those of you who like sports might enjoy this analogy. Those of you who don't like sports, if you're teachable, you might learn from this analogy. Um, but, you know, I think, of the, I think of the Denver Nuggets right now. Um, and they're having an amazing season. They're going the farthest they've gone into the playoffs in years. And what's one of the greatest reasons for that? Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups. And you know, Chauncey Billups, he came to town. I remember one of the first interviews I saw of him on the news. And they traded him for Allen Iverson. Uh, you know, he puts the me in the team, you know, something like that. Um, but Chauncey Billups came to town. And he said, you know what? Here we are in the Nuggets. We've got to stop focusing on our individual stats. Sure, Carmelo is in the you know, top scorers of the NBA, and so is Allen Iverson. And they're losing games left and right. But Chauncey said, you know what's important? Is that we win. That we succeed. Um, and it's not about, well, I, at least I got my stats. The rest of the team stinks, but I got my numbers in there. And that's kind of the attitude they had. And when Chauncey came to town, he said, hey, look, you guys, the way we're going to win is if you throw out caring about your stats and do whatever is necessary to get this team to win. Maybe that's passing the ball. You know, it's a new concept for a point guard in the NBA, passing the ball. Um, or maybe it's getting rebounds. Or maybe it's doing something to make the we succeed and not just the I. And you know, that's exactly how God has designed the church to be. He calls it a body. A body, you know, they share the common successes and failures. If one part is uh, hurting, the whole body is hurting. If one part succeeds, the whole body succeeds. The church is just like that. And I just want to make sure that each one of you catches that, that you're a part of the team, wherever you are. My hope is that if you're here in Denver and 
come in here with a friend or something, you join this team. We all got a part to play. I think God has big plans for us coming up here. But you know, it's just exciting to see when Luke went from talking about they and different things to talking about we. And if you follow through the book of Acts, it just I was just uh, humbled when you read uh, like Acts 27. Um, Paul sails for Rome, and what happens to his ship? Some of you know the story. The ship they're sailing on sinks, and well. Um, we see some things here. Let's see. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 28, it goes on to talk about when they, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. You know, uh, Luke was with Paul when his ship sank. You know, a lot of times in the Christian's life, when your ship sinks, a lot of people jump ship. You know, but, but Luke was with Paul when the ship sank. Luke went on, you know, like he talks about in uh, verse 11 of chapter 28. After three months, we put out to sea in ship um, in a ship that had wintered in the island. But it goes on. 12. We put out. We put in at Syracuse. Um, verse 14. We found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. Luke was a part of the team. He was part of the, the trip. He traveled with Paul to Rome. And, you know, I think in this church, we've planted the church a number of years ago. I think God's going to take us through a re-envisioning, relaunching what we set out to do in the first place. Um, but along the way, there's been many people that, you know, have come and gone. There's been many people in some ways that have jumped ship on us. And, and you know what? You know what's important, though? The most important thing is those who are here, those who make up this church. We are here. We are the firehouse. And, you know, I'm blessed as a pastor to go. I think God has cultivated a group of disciples who, who's on the team, who's committed to this team. And I know on behalf of the other pastors, we are blessed to be on the team together with you. We're excited to see what God's going to do here. Um, and we're going to transition into some exciting things God's doing in some other lives here um, through baptism. So um, let's see here. We're just going to take some time to call up anyone who's getting baptized here. Um, you know, um, we might talk about this next week, but this next section on the chapter 16 goes on to talk about Lydia, this girl who um, they went out to preach. They met this gal. She listened to what Paul had to say. She responded when the Spirit prompted her, and she got baptized immediately. And, you know, it's just a picture, a snapshot of what a disciple is supposed to be. Someone, they, they hear the good news, they respond to it, and they start obeying Jesus, whatever He calls them to do. And, and baptism is one of the first things. And here's some people today that, are, that are, have different stories. Each one has a different story, but today there's a number who are taking that step to get baptized. So we want to invite up. The way we're going to do it is we're going to have each person who's getting baptized, and maybe the person who's baptized them as well. As you guys will come up here on the stage, we're just going to have you share briefly. Um, some of your story. Okay. Okay. I'll set the table here real quick here. so we can all see your smiling faces here, no hiding behind the screen. All right, I'm going to shift over just a tad that way. I think it would be great. Um, so as many of you know, baptism... Oh, I can still talk with this, huh? Um, 
Baptism is just a, a picture that, that Jesus gave us to do to uh, kind of outwardly express uh, or identify ourselves with Him. Our faith is really a personal thing. We come to faith in Christ uh, in a very personal way in our own hearts. But baptism is a way where we express that faith that we've come to in our hearts. We express it publicly. And, and Romans 6 puts it like this. It says... Um, Let's see here. Don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, um, were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And really baptism is just sharing in this picture of an old life that was buried and a new life that, that rises up with, by God's Spirit, a glorious new life that we can live. And, and somehow there's a, there's a mystery of just getting to share and participate in, in all that Jesus did and accomplished. Um, we get to share in that through baptism here. And so, anyways, we're going to have each person just share briefly uh, their story of, of coming to Christ and why they want to get baptized. And I might ask them a question or two just to draw them out a little more. But um, we'll start here with uh, Greg and, and uh, Jake. Um, and the person baptizing can share, share a thought if they want to as well. Sure. Uh, and then we'll have the next person. Yeah, I'm not being baptized today, but Jake is being baptized. Um, and Jake, I know, has been, we'll ask him to share his story a little bit. I know he's been a believer for a little while, and I just wanted to share, I've been really encouraged um, by Jake's life. I think as Rich has been talking about uh, coming in and joining the team, um, both Jake and his wife, Julie, have really, um, as they've moved to Denver and um, Try to seek out what God's will for them is. I've really seen a, a real growth in their commitment and their um, just really just joining with our team here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, might introduce yourself because I didn't. Um, <laughs> oh, you did, yeah. Jake, Jake, my name is Jake, and I'm getting baptized today. <laughs> Excellent. Can you spell that for us, please? J A K E R. I. Uh, I've been a believer for a long time. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, um, and I don't have a very dramatic testimony. Um, I never really lived in open rebellion, um, you know. But I am a sinner, and uh, you know, it's, um, it's written in the Bible that you know we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, and um, I sincerely believe that. And um, you know, for me, um, again, never having really lived in open rebellion, um, it was more about my mindset and what I truly believed. And um, for many years, I was kind of a cultural Christian, you know, and went to church with my parents and kind of believed what they believed because that's how I was raised. Um, and really, I began to start to question a lot of things about just Christianity and religion in general. And I just remember having a junior high uh, youth pastor when I asked him some pretty pointed questions, um, mostly science-based, um, just kind of tell me, you know, just, you just got to let go and believe. And, uh, you know, that's when I started deciding that these people are deluding themselves, you know, and they don't have any answers and they're tricking themselves. And um, that's when I really just started to drift away. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, after probably four years after that that I really started to dig deeper for myself. And there are a lot of really great books and a lot of, you know, no one person really kind of led me back to Christ, but a series of, you know, camp counselors, uh, peers, my parents, you know, pastors and dozens of authors. Um, you know, because for me, uh, my heart could not believe what my mind rejected. And before I could really have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I had to accept um, the possibility that, you know, 
it, it, but it was a possibility even. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess for me, it's, I hear, I just remember as a teenager listening to some people's testimonies and thinking, you know, I got to do something crazy to spice this thing up, you know, because I've got a boring testimony. But um, you know, really, I just I think of part of the reason I I was just encouraged to get baptized today was you know um, we've been going through Acts and. Um, there's you know, just a, a scene in Acts where uh, Philip is talking to a guy, witnessing to him, and he says, well, do you want to get baptized? And then he's like, well, yeah, there's a water here, and it's a ditch basically by the side of the road. And, um, you know, I, I really started to own my faith and become a believer about eight years ago, and I've been waiting for the perfect time, and I've had this in my head about who I wanted there and how I wanted to be, and really it was just like, it just needs to happen. And, and also, I mean, now that I'm a father, I think one of the things that I was just so encouraged by is, you know, because of the way I was raised, even as I was rejecting my parents' religion, I still held to their convictions of what was right and wrong. And I think that protected me um, from a lot of evil things that I could have done. And, um, so I, I think just that's encouraging to me, and I can only hope to do half as well. So. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll have Colin maybe introduce you. All right. Sounds good. This is Nicole. Um, basically, what we were talking about this morning, first of all, what Christian said is, I was blind, but now I see, and that relates perfectly to Nicole. Uh, her growth has been tremendous and, and real. Um, what we were talking about, being faithful. She's been faithful to the Word. Uh, available. She's definitely been available to dig deeper and really kind of dig to the roots of the Bible, what it's really trying to say, and teachable. Uh, I have an instance in mind where after an hour and a half of debating different verses in the Bible, not so much debating, but seeking the truth of what the verses were trying to say, uh, we were digging in the PCS Study Bible online and everything and taking each verse for what it was saying. And I looked back and Nicole sprawled out on a chair. She's like, I'm so tired, I can't think anymore. And that's just how it relates to her walk and just how disciplined she was and, and, and seeing the word and reading it and then the next morning I'd call her and she's like oh I've been on, online for two hours trying to figure this stuff out for myself and uh, really put herself in through uh, AIM and, and getting involved with that in campus ministry uh, as well as coming diligently every Sunday and uh, it's just been, it's been awesome to see Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really nice. It's good to know that I'm fat, so. <laughs> I don't really have, like, a spicy testimony either. Um, basically, when I was younger, we didn't go to church. Uh, I believed in God, and I was raised with good morals and good values, but that was pretty much it for me. Um... I would say about two years ago is when I tried, like I actively like sought like sought for the Lord. And, mm-hmm. um, I read the Bible. I researched online. Tried out different churches, um, and <laughs> it was like Jesus has always been my Lord and Savior. But um, I feel like now that like I truly understand like what that means because I didn't when I was younger and. Um, I feel like I have a personal relationship with him, which is really important. Um, I have a little verse to share. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It is um, John twelve forty four, and it says, "Then Jesus cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness." And I think that 
I think that that rings true to me because I've gone through some really dark times in my life and Jesus has helped me through that. So um, I want to get baptized today as a proclamation of my faith and to identify myself as a follower in Christ. My name's Megan and this is my dear friend Natalie. Um, Natalie um, was saved a little over a month ago, April 9th, so mm-hmm. she she's just starting out here, but um, she's re- really been an encouragement to my life because I feel like uh, she's grown tremendously in just that month. I feel like every day for her is like a year in my life of growing in the Lord. And, uh, you know, that verse in Second Corinthians 5.17 that says that um, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, the old has gone, the new has come. And Natalie, um, I've known her, sorry, I've known her for about two years now, and uh, um, I can, I'm just testing the fact that she is a new creation and she is a different person. God has taken old Natalie and made her into new Natalie who is spirit-filled. And, um, and there's also, I was reading a verse in Proverbs the other day that says that a wise man is hungry for truth. And I really see that in Natalie. It's every day, you know, we're reading and we're um, searching together more truths about God and she's just like gobbling it up. You know, she's just been so excited. And just I, and it's just so encouraging to see a person that's like, here's truth. I want to apply it to my life. I'm so excited. You know, it hasn't been a struggle for anything. It's just like, I just want to live what God wants, what God's planning me to do. And that's been a real cool thing to see. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. Um, good morning. I, I wrote out a few words. This is from my heart, so, but I needed to make sure that I was going to share with you what I've been really thinking about, so I wrote, so I wrote it out. Um, first, I would like to open with a thank you extended from my parents who couldn't be here today. They are very excited about my decision to accept Christ into my life. Um, they've been hoping and praying that someday this would happen for me, and they are very thankful to everyone here at the firehouse for being so encouraging and kind. Your open door has uh, led me to have such an open heart. Um, see, prior to being saved, I had decided that I was going to try and live the best life I could according to my values, my wants, and my needs. To me, there was no such thing as one truth or one creator. My thoughts were that each of our individual belief systems created each of our individual realities. And if there was a God, he would know that I was trying my best and hopefully forgive me for not believing in him. There is a quote from a modern atheist I found in our Bible study that really describes how I felt. It says, there is one thing that mars all the pleasure of my life. I am afraid the Bible is true. If I could only know for certain that death is just asleep, then I would be happy. But here is what pierces my soul. If the Bible is true, I am lost forever. When I read this, I couldn't believe that someone else had felt so exact to what I had. I was walking around with this worry in my heart all the time. And in order for me to feel like I was right, I spent a lot of time searching high and low for answers, truth, fairness, and guidance. My urgency to figure things out and carry my own burden started to weigh heavy on my shoulders. I think it created a permanent expression on my face and a doll in my eyes that a believer like Megan could see. When she first reached out to me, I rejected her teachings, not because I thought she was wrong, but because it scared me that she could see my struggle. 
and wanted to talk to me about the very thing that kept me up at night. And with that, and with great persistence in love, she led me to Christ. It is hard to put into words the difference between life and death. You know, now that I have a relationship with God, and I am learning more and more about Him each day, I finally know what life feels like. And His truth, fairness, guidance, and answers to my questions have given me a new remarkable one. I would like to share a verse from 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I just, this really spoke to my heart because I thought after he created us and then gave us this wonderful earth we live on, he also gave us his son to perish for our sins so we could be perfect and have eternal life. And in that, I just fell at his feet and praised him. So today I stand before you to declare that Jesus Christ is my Savior. The man who was crucified for our sins, including mine, lives in my heart. And I thank each of you for being a part of my journey to Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Um, This is Vanessa. I've known Vanessa for a little over a year. Um, and I saw her lost, and I saw her get saved, and I've just been so encouraged with her life and her perseverance with um, God and her thoughtful relationship with Him and just how much she puts into that and how much she just brings joy to me, and I'm just really excited to see her take this step of obedience today. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? Um, my name is Vanessa, and... Um, I guess I've always believed in Christ. Um, always believed in Christ, and I just came to a point where I realized that it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter. I mean, I went to youth group and stuff like that, and I I just went because it was something to do. And in the back of my mind, I believed in Christ and stuff. But I got to this point where I didn't want to just do things to do them. I wanted to consciously be aware of how I was living my life, where my mindset was, um, whether I was in Bible study or whether I was in the street, wherever I was. I wanted to make sure that my mindset was where it's supposed to be. And I had to be honest with myself. And I had to... um, Sorry, I'm like really shy. be honest with myself and just strip myself from everything I thought was distracting me and just I don't know it's a long story (laughs) Um, anyway I just try to have a clean slate and really try to live the life instead of say yeah I believe in Christ but not really not really live it um I wanted my actions to speak for me instead of, you know, talk his cheek. And all the while, I was kind of scared to get baptized because I just it just seemed so like ritual and kind of freaky to me. And I don't know, I just I just didn't want to do it. 
because it just I, just, I was just scared. It just seems like once I get dunked, that I'm like committed for life. <laughs> but it just seems like very scary. And I realized that I already, I already, um, I already did the hard part, which is living the life. That's the hard part. Um, every day and just deciding to do the right thing and um, having faith, which is the hardest thing for me in my life. And um, I just realized I have to get baptized. That's good. That's what has to be done. All right. All right. Okay. Well, how about a huge round of applause for everyone here? We're going to have Jeff and Brad come up real quick. We'll pray for these guys, and um, and then we will head up up to the patio, and um, we'll have the actual baptisms here. We're going to um, we'll pray for them, and then we'll take a few minutes to let them get uh, changed and stuff, and then we'll all meet up on the patio here. But um, we'll just have each one of us pray for for one here. Let's just bow our heads. Yes, bow our heads and pray here. God, we're thankful just for you, God. I, I just agree with a lot of these things that said that they're getting baptized in the first place because you died, because you gave us the gift of salvation and through the blood of your Son. And we're first thankful for that, God, that you've chosen to die for the sin of the world and specifically for each of us when we proclaim you. We're thankful for each of these believers uh, to take a step in just obeying you. You called us and asked us out of a step of love for you, not just a ritual or something to do, but specifically to proclaim we're yours, we're your children, and we've chosen you. You've asked us to publicly proclaim by the act of baptism. I thank you for each of these believers getting baptized today. I thank you for their faith to obey you and to proclaim you in a world that isn't too friendly to you, but I thank you for their faith to publicly do that. I pray you bless their lives. God, help this be just another step in their, in their walk with you and their faith. We pray you to continue to give them a heart to grow and continue in obedience to you. We pray you bless them and give them more faith. Help them each, as we're talking about today, find another person that they could baptize down the road. God, we pray you make each of them a reproducer and someone that's obeying you for the rest of their lives. Amen. God, I agree. God, we thank you for these, for Jake and for these women here. God, we just thank you for their hearts. God, to obey you. God, we thank you that each one of them has accepted you. God, and they know that, that the rest of their lives, God, they know that they're going to spend eternity with you. God, what a gift from you. What an amazing gift. And God, we thank you for each one of them. We thank you for them turning their lives over to you. And God, I, I disagree with Brad. God, we thank you for them taking the step of obedience you called them to today. Just of getting baptized and just proclaiming it to everyone here in this room. God, proclaiming that they're a believer. God, that they're uh, your child now and they're going to walk in your ways. God, we thank you for that. God, we just pray that you would protect them from today forward. God, protect them from the devil and his schemes. God, just keep them, keep them safe. God, watch over them. Help them to just seek you every day and to obey you and to walk in, in the ways that you want us to walk. And not, in, not in our own ways, not in my way, as we were talking about earlier today, but in your way. God, help each one of them to do that and help each one of them to just um, really be listening to you, God, and obeying you. Amen, Lord Jesus. Um, I agree with these prayers. We thank you for um, our brothers and sisters here who are taking this step to get baptized, Lord. Um, and I thank you for uh, each person who's standing next to them. Lord, you said to go and make disciples and baptize them. Thank you for the obedience shown in those who are baptizing today. 
Lord, I pray that you, you would help us all to be uh, following you on this journey. Help us uh, to help another person along. Help us to be people who are teachable and uh, who are helped by others. Lord, but we, we thank you for uh, what the work you're doing in this church family. Lord, we thank you that you are making disciples. You are having them be baptized. You are teaching us all to obey everything you commanded. Um, and you are with us surely. And we thank you for that. And just I agree with this prayer for protection and for blessing on um, everyone getting baptized here. I pray you would help us to support uh, each one of these disciples in following you and obeying you. Um, but we, we thank you so much for your work, for, for each one of us, for each one of these. Um, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to take about three minutes, five minutes, something, however long it takes to, to get these guys changed and up on the patio. And so feel free to exit out this door here, and we're just going to meet, um, meet up there for the baptism. Thank you.